Welcome to this week's episode of Everyday Thin Places. I'm Rachel Gallagher, and I'm an interfaith hospice chaplain. And I'm Elizabeth Ferrasso, and I'm a birth doula. And in each episode of Everyday Thin Places, we draw from our experiences supporting birthing people and dying people to explore with honesty, authenticity, and humor how we can all become more truly living people. All right, Rachel, here we are in December. It is the holiday season. And you know what? I realized one thing I really find so delightful about this time of year is that there are a lot of sweet little miniature things all around. We have, um, and, and I think I notice it, I have eyes to see it because I happen to have a lover of all miniature things who I gave birth to a little over nine years ago. Um, I've talked about how I don't really say my kids' names, but I've slipped so many times with this one that I, I do have a Clementine. <laughs> Sometimes I call her Clementiney because she really loves little things. Right now she has a little miniature Christmas tree in her room. We bought some little miniature string lights to put on them last week. It is the cutest thing. So there is just something about miniature things. Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, they just make you say, oh, like you have a (laughs) physical response to miniature things. If it's little foods, like little appetizers. Mm -hmm. I love having a holiday appetizer party. Um, I love um, I love decorations that are little miniature things. I you know I think about Christmas and there's places where they'll have a whole Christmas village with a train set and um, all of the little miniature things that go into that. I just I love those things um, <laughs> and I love that I have a little person. She's not so little anymore, but someone who helps me to appreciate them. And so we thought that maybe it was appropriate to. Um, celebrate some miniature things for really, I guess, the rest of this month. We'll see how long this goes for, but this is a busy time of year for everybody, for us. And so let's have some mini episodes. Oh my goodness, you're so clever. <laughs> yeah, which we did last oh, year. People it. have been around long enough. They know that we sort of went through, I think, in, I guess it was maybe January, we did some mini episodes, mm-hmm. but we're going to do some mini episodes. Yeah. And so we're going to have a, let's let's launch that with a little discussion about the delight and the thin place of miniature things. I love it. You know, the very first thing that came to mind when you mentioned small things and miniature things, of course, is my love for miniature dogs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and I know that, like, they're not for everybody. Like, chihuahuas definitely have a reputation. And my first chihuahua, Alfie, who I've shared about multiple times on this podcast, um, I always had to say to people, like, he's not like other chihuahuas. He's not the stereotype of a chihuahua. But even the stereotype of a chihuahua is endearing to me. Now we have Daisy, and she kind of is the stereotype of a chihuahua. She can be pretty yappy. People have probably heard her voice loud and clear on this podcast a time Mm -hmm. or two. Um, But even that, I kind of love about her because she's this tiny little miniature version of a dog 
who has this huge personality and will mm-hmm. let you know exactly what she's thinking. What she lacks in size, she makes up for in personality and in vocal ability. She is so loud. And it's almost like she is letting the world know, like, I may be small, but I am mighty. And she wants you to hear her voice. Yeah. And I just love, I just love that about her. I I mean, I think some of the power of miniature things, little things, is they have the ability, they're small, so they can work their way in, into places that other things can't. So if we're Mm -hmm. thinking literally things that are small that really impact our lives. I think of things like seeds and how seeds can fall into a crack of the sidewalk and sprout a flower or Mm. sprout a whole tree that will uproot concrete. Sometimes little things can have these huge impacts or um, yeast and bread. And and I, if anybody thinks this sounds familiar, yes, this there's a, a parable from the Christian scriptures that talks <laughs> about yeast and that talks about, um, and that talks about seeds. And so I've given this some thought before, but I just love how little things, even if they're little, little dogs that work their way into your heart, because sometimes you don't sort of you don't really expect them to have that impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think makes little things, miniature things, a sort of thin place where they just will evoke a response from you that maybe is very disproportional. Like, how does something so little make me feel something so strongly? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And I think that... Um This may surprise some people because I am a child-free by choice person, but babies, little babies, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're oftentimes really weird looking, Mm -hmm. but just the fact that they're tiny little versions of humans, like, it's just so, you can't help but say, aw, when you look at a sweet little baby, they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're mini and they're cute. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Elizabeth, I know that there's, like, specific examples that you have relating to your Clementine mm-hmm. and her love for tiny things. And I really want to hear more about it because you shared with me before. And I just think that they're so sweet. And I think people will get a kick out of just how much she loves miniature things. So would you share a little more about that? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think there's just something in our family. We probably set her up a little bit because even her brother, who's um, not quite two years older than her, I remember him as a very small thing with very few words, but he would call everything this little guy or that little guy. And so if we'd find a chip in the bag that was just a little potato chip, he'd say, look at this little guy. So he might have helped give some give some attention to him. He might have helped to set this up. But my Clementine really loves, everybody has their own way in this house that they want pancakes. If I'm making pancakes for four children, I have to make them four different ways, mm. which just means one really wants a Minnie Mouse shaped one. And the other one likes powdered sugar rather than syrup. And one um, doesn't like butter. I don't know what's up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, who doesn't like butter? But Clementine's way is she needs little pancakes mini pancakes and so you would think that if you produced pancakes for her that were approximately the size of a nickel Mm -hmm. that's a mini pancake right yeah golly that's small so I I presented her with her (laughs) I was very proud of these nickel sized pancakes I had made for her to which she responded mom 
Those are medium. (laughs) Nickel size is not small enough. She would truly like for me to get a drip of pancake batter on the pan, have to use a single tine of a fork to kind of poke it a little bit and turn it over. That's the size pancake she would like. (laughs) She likes them all miniature. So um, we did have a birthday party for her with some friends where we had mini red solo cups for the drinks. (laughs) mini goldfish crackers, mini pizzas, and even a mini cake. I had a picture on the cake, and I had a friend, our our previous guest, Shira Morris, uh-huh. who is a good friend, and she said, you can't post a picture of that cake without reference because it looks like maybe it's just a regular or kind of small cake. Mm-hmm. It was truly like a two-inch size, um, two-inch tall cake that oh. was multiple layers. Oh so goodness. I will we will share that on social media this week. So it's it, it's so fun for me to have someone who – delights in those things because it's fun for me to get to create them for her and it's created a lot of special memories and bonds in our family and it does it just turns me on to keeping my eyes open for where are there little things that can add delight Mm. which can so be experienced as a thin place I love that Um, but I was you know I was thinking also I think there's probably a sort of more serious way to take it um, as far as there are some rituals that are really meaningful to people. And I think I would guess that you have experience with that because as someone who serves in a sort of clergy capacity and you have been with people uh, in their dying moments and as a pastor for a season, I was thinking of something sort of, you know what I'm talking about, something small that is a part of a ritual that's yeah. really meaningful to a lot of people. Yeah. So... In my current role, so I I kind of serve as a pastor now. Um, I preach on Sunday mornings at our interfaith ecumenical is a better word ecumenical, which just means like Christian but like non denominational Protestant Christian. Um, we have a chapel service on Sunday mornings here, and the first Sunday of every month we share communion with each other, and it is such a powerful, meaningful time. For me, um, we actually just did it, you know, the first of the month, the first Sunday of the month. And I shared with people like it's my favorite week of the month because I just love the symbolism behind this. And the way that it works is like practically speaking, the way that it works where I am right now and especially during COVID times is that we have these tiny little disposable cups of grape juice and attached to the the top of the cup is a teeny tiny little wafer and you can peel open the package and take out the little wafer and you eat that um, and then you peel open the next layer and you drink the grape juice and these are to symbolize um, what Jesus did actually in the stories of his life and leading up to his death We've all heard of the Last Supper, right? There's like very famous artwork surrounding this, and it's a very, very prominent scene in the life of Jesus. And at the Last Supper, it was the Passover season, and Jesus had gathered his 12 closest friends to share a meal together, and he knew what was coming. He knew that he was headed towards death. And in this meal that he shared, he gave this speech about, you know, take this bread and eat it. And this symbolizes my body, which I'm about to give up for all of you and take this wine and drink it. And this symbolizes my blood, which I'm about to give up for all of you. And there's something 
really beautiful about um, recreating this symbolically Mm -hmm. as a community once a month as we do it. And different churches do it differently. and, And Catholic churches think of it differently than Protestant churches. But there's something so beautiful about us coming together in a symbolic way. Um, And my favorite part about it is um, all are welcome. So I really emphasized that this past month. I really shared like, this is for every single person here. Everyone Mm -hmm. is invited to join together in this way. And it's a tiny little symbol that represents something so much bigger. And so we call it communion. Obviously, communion, community, communal. Um, It's a small gesture that we do to symbolize how we all belong to each other as followers of Jesus. And so, yeah, it's it's tiny, but it represents something so much bigger. And I will share that During Hanukkah, I attended a Shabbat service, and we did something similar there. So during that um, Friday evening service, we shared challah bread and either wine or grape juice, and it was so similar. We used those little solo cups, the tiny ones that you are referencing. That's exactly how the juice and the wine were served. And it was really interesting and eye-opening to me to see, I mean, it's extremely similar to what happens in the Christian service on Sunday mornings. This was happening in the Jewish service on Friday night, and it just like made me enjoy and appreciate it even that much more because it really extended the table further beyond just who is there on Sunday mornings. It connected the dots for me, for our Jewish community as well. So small little bread, small little juice or wine, um, bringing us all together as a big family, I thought was super cool. Yeah. Well, and so whether it is a appetizer that you're eating at a, you know, secular Christmas party mm-hmm. or, you know, gathering in a religious community to take communion or to enjoy some other kind of ritual with little things or seeing a storefront with a little miniature village, I hope that we just have turned people towards thinking of the way that some of these mini things can be so delightful and can draw us into the thin places, especially about this time of year. So, so here we go. We're going to have mini episodes mini episodes. for the rest of this year. This is your introduction and stay tuned and keep coming back for the mini episodes that we will be sharing with you in the weeks to come. So cute. Thanks for joining us. Now it's our turn to hear from you. So would you do us a big favor and go into your podcast app and rate us? Even better, would you write us a glowing review? That will help other listeners to find us. And make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. You can also visit our website at everydaythinplaces.com where you will find all sorts of fun and interesting information, as well as learn about how you can help to support this podcast and earn special exclusive perks. There you will also find links to follow us on social media, or else just pop directly over to Instagram or Facebook where you will find us at Everyday Thin Places. Thanks so much for joining us today. Until next time, I'm Elizabeth. 
And I'm Rachel. Bye. Bye.